Welcome to the Digital Marketing Podcast, brought to you by TargetInternet.com. Hello and welcome back to the Digital Marketing Podcast. My name is Kieran Rogers. And I'm Daniel Rolls. And today, Daniel, we are talking about Spark Toro. We are, and we are interviewing Rand Fishkin. And uh, I'm guessing... I'm guessing most people know who Rand is, but I guess I should put it in context. So Rand is a, he's pretty much a celebrity in the, definitely in the SEO, the search optimization world and in the startup world and in digital marketing generally. I originally came across Rand when he was running Moz. So moz.com, moz.com, SEO website, started the business up, built it up, was incredibly transparent about his journey in the startup world. But Moz was one of those tools that, everyone was using and they had they did lots of exciting things but he was well known for doing his uh, whiteboard fridays with moz mm. so when he would stand in front of a whiteboard and there'd be stuff drawn up and he would talk through it very charismatic guy awesome mustache and he, he was well known throughout the industry rand has now gone on to start uh, spark toro and it's a really fascinating useful tool so, so we're going to be talking to, to, to Rand Fishkin and his co-founder, Casey Henry. And uh, worth introducing what Spark Toro does. So, so we'd be playing around with the free tools before we did this interview. After the interview, they actually gave us access to the, to the beta, which does so much more. It's about finding, like it's not an influencer tool, right? But it's fantastic mm. about finding other areas where... You know, other other platforms, other audiences have influence. It's not about finding necessarily individuals, but where the audiences that matter to you and your your brand. And there's so much that you can do with it. I've I've had great fun helping to build out even like persona data, like you know, really analysing well who who are our our customers and you know who do they follow. And from that, like you can take any Twitter handle and really analyse what the followers of of any particular account. You know, what YouTube channels do they view? What websites do they visit? Even what podcasts do they listen to? Like, this is fantastic for reaching the, the, the parts of the internet that do influence that, that all other techniques I just don't think can reach. They don't. And I've been experimenting with trying to use Google to find some of this data recently. You know, that article in that magazine website that people read or trying to understand, do the audience listen to certain podcasts? And Google's just not touching at the moment. No. It's great for searching different things, but it's no good at searching for this kind of data. So I think this is really important. It is. So for marketers, it's kind of like a search engine for finding where your audience have got their attention. And that, and that is an entirely different thing from like influencer marketing. Um, it is. But, but for marketers, you know, finding out which areas of the internet, you know, which tentacles are actually reaching into the, to the hearts and minds of your audience. This is off the charts exciting, I think. So we're very pleased to have Rand on the Digital Marketing Podcast. So over to Rand and Kieran. And today, listeners, we're joined with two founders of an amazing startup called Spark Tura. On the line, we have Rand Fishkin and Casey Henry. Hello, guys. Hey, how's it going? Hi, Kieran. Thank you for having me. So, Rand, for the audience members who don't know you, tell us who you are and what you've done. Sure. So I think I'm best known probably for starting a company called Moz, which I co-founded with my mom, Jillian, back in 2001, and then ran as CEO for a long time, stepped down and left that company uh, about 18 months ago. And since that time, I have published a book 
called Lost and Founder, which is focused on sort of the entrepreneurial journey and has a lot of good advice for anyone who might be starting a business. And I, along with Casey, of course, have co-founded a new company called Spark Toro, which is focused on audience intelligence and market research. And we are very, very close to launch, which I'm excited about. <laughs> Moz, if, if you've not come across it, is just the most amazing tool. And I, I have to big this up, Ran, because you've sort of played it down. You, you were like the star for years of, of Whiteboard Friday, which was a, an amazing little video series, which... which I mean, you guys invented that format, right? I've never seen anything quite quite like that. That was kind of a Moz thing, wasn't it? I guess technically maybe we did. Uh, it, it wouldn't surprise me if there were other videos that featured you know, someone in front of a whiteboard uh, <laughs> drawing and teaching people, but we certainly popularized it, at least in the tech and web marketing worlds. Well, I, I for one, want to thank you because I've learned so much from from those, and I'm sure you poured hours and hours of time into it. It was, it was an amazing way to learn all the things you you kind of got out there and, and found out about search engine optimization. And yeah, really, really good. So, guys, if you haven't, we'll put a link to to the the, the series in the show notes. But if you haven't, check that out. Casey, should should we tell him the dark secret of Whiteboard Friday? <gasps> There's a secret. Which dark secret? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, well, Kieran, you said, I'm sure you poured hours and hours into it. And the reality is that one of the big reasons we made Whiteboard Friday is because it was so much faster to create a video than it was to write a blog post. Wow. Really? Um, yeah, we did them all in one take. I think over, you know, over the 12 years that I filmed Whiteboard Fridays or so, maybe I had four episodes where I ever had to restart. That's amazing. Yeah, so the, the 10 minutes of video that you see on Moz's website, the Awistia, or uh, on YouTube, if you watch it there, those are the 10 minutes it took us to film it. Amazing. So oftentimes, it, when I worked at Moz, it would take us longer to set up the studio in preparation for Rand to come in <laughs> than for him to get in there and whiteboard and shoot it. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, you know, it's one of the reasons we do podcasts because actually they're quicker to do than to write long blog posts and stuff. So, yeah, I guess, I guess it's similar. So that brings us nicely on to Casey. So, Casey, introduce yourself because you're, well, it's fair to say you're not necessarily as well known as Rand, but you, you, you are big on growth. Gosh, I was looking at your resume and like you were responsible for growth that amazing companies like HubSpot, Wistia, Moz. Uh, Ookla Speed Test, to name but a few. Tell, tell us more about your background and, and how you got to know Rand. <laughs> yeah, so I would not say that I'm well-known, and that's fine. I like to, to be behind the shadows and, and do my thing there. But yeah, I got my start working with Rand at Moz or SEO Moz back in the day and uh, you know had the pleasure of working four years there and really get to figure out what I wanted to do, to, do with my life. You know, I graduated from college and I was going to be, I had a criminal justice degree and I was going to be a police officer or do something like that and quickly decided that that wasn't quite the thing that I wanted to do. And, you know, I started writing blog posts and uh, things for SEO Moz and that's how I got hired there. After about four years, I decided that, you know, I needed to change the pace and wanted to try um, less engineering stuff and, and more marketing stuff. And so that's when I headed over to Wistia. And so I worked uh, almost two years at Wistia mm -hmm. uh, doing a lot of growth stuff for them, trying to, to figure out some things there. Then worked uh, and went over to HubSpot and ran inbound.org for just about two years and then came back to Seattle to work for Ookla, which uh, owns speedtest.net and a few other things and did some growth for them. And then, you know, 
Rand and I figured out that we wanted to kind of do our own thing, and and here we are at Spark Toro. So, well, I really want to talk to you guys about Spark Toro, but before we do that, Casey, what is Rand like to work with? Is is every day like an eight hour whiteboard Friday? I'll just I'll just close my ears and hum. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Rand and I, when we decided to start SparkToro, we kind of made that decision that, you know, it's going to be uh, a remote company. So he spends a lot of his time at his house and I spend a lot of my time at my house. So we interact mostly via email. But when we do get in person and Rand gets in front of the whiteboard, it, it does sometimes feel like a whiteboard <laughs> Friday. But I enjoy that, right? It, you know, I think Rand is most comfortable talking and figuring out things in front of that whiteboard. And, and it's great because I love, I'm a visual learner. So I love to see how he maps things out and makes my life easier when we're together. So uh, I wouldn't say it's an eight hour whiteboard Friday, but when we do get together, it's, it's enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. So that brings us nicely onto Spark Toro. What is it? Tell us more. I, I love Casey's description. I think Casey <laughs> is so efficient and I ramble. <laughs> Uh, shoot, man! I, you know, I, when I went through this, I was like, "Oh, Rand's going to answer this one, this one, this one." <laughs> <laughs> Just shoot from the hip, Casey. Come on, I'll put you on the spot. What is it? What is this? What is this thing you've given up your life and your career to do? Yeah, <laughs> you can see I'm sweating over here. I'm nervous. <laughs> um, ultimately, what I, I, I think it is, and what my description is, is it's a way for marketers to truly understand what influences their audience. Right, so what publications, what social media channels, what YouTube channels, what podcasts. You know, if you're a dog groomer in Seattle and you want to know what your audience is interested in so that you can go spend your advertising dollars in the most efficient way possible, we want to tell you where your audience lives and what they do and how you can interact with them, avoiding, you know, spending money on Facebook and just kind of throwing dollars into a black hole that you don't really understand what's happening there's definitely a big need for that i mean i think there there is so much of a like spray and pray approach with with well actually with all marketing but particularly with digital marketing i think with the with the plethora of of different opportunities and channels that are out there you know we see that all the time and there's not always a lot of strategy behind it so so spark toro effectively then is is gonna be a tool to help us find where the audiences we want to find that the audiences that matter to our ourselves our organizations our businesses where where they are and and ha- find better ways to reach them is that have i got that right yeah i mean yeah I, that's exactly right yeah i mean if you think about it right is everybody has their their influence spirit right like i'm not well known out there in the world but i definitely have influence over you know my neighbor who i talk to on a daily basis who's interested in getting into engineering and he's like, Hey, you know, what are some resources that I should go to? And and if you expand that out is everybody has one of those. And it's just a matter of how do you condense all of those down so that you can find the, you know, the 400 people in Seattle who are interested in dog groomers and what influences them. And that's really kind of what we want to get down to. Cause again, like I said, is, you know, I, I can't tell you how many of the hundreds of thousands of millions of dollars that I've spent on Facebook. And it, it's just tough to, to go back and, and trust what they're ultimately doing, right? Is, and they have to do it ultimately for, for the protection of their users. But it, it's hard to, to feel good about just throwing money in there and hoping that they're doing the best thing that you can ultimately do. And, and there's a lot of fake kind of influence 
out there that's sort of muddying the waters, isn't it? I mean, we, we were looking into fake influence uh, a couple of episodes ago and it kind of came across some research that showed that actually, in, in some cases, you know, more than half of the influencers, the followings out there on, on Instagram uh, actually have you know, significant portions of, of fake followers and stuff. And it's the more I looked into this, the more shocked I got. It's like a real, a real problem. So even if you are advertising and paying for that advertising reach, a lot of that reach could just be reaching fake bots that, you know, they, last time I checked, they don't have wallets and they don't tend to spend, right? Yeah, I think the fake followers thing is is really interesting. So one of the first tools that we built for SparkToro was a free tool, uh, and it was kind of to promote the the concept of what we were getting into. But we built this fake followers tool for Twitter specifically, mm-hmm. and I think you know a lot of folks have asked us to expand to Instagram eventually, which which probably will do at some point. But what we discovered was. Yes, tons of accounts have tons of fake followers. Almost everyone has some degree of bots or non-active accounts or spam Mm. accounts following them. But also, I think while that's a pernicious problem, it is relatively easy to identify. I think the much harder problem to identify and the one that really stymies a lot of marketers is the problem of identifying an influencer, let's say on, on Instagram, for example, and finding, right, Kieran, that, that that influencer is not reaching the target audience that you want to reach. Yeah. And the, the problem fundamentally is that you are searching, I think right now, most people who are searching for sources of influence, they search by how that person or that source describes themselves. And that is totally wrong, right? If, if, <laughs> if an Instagram influencer says, hey, I am... Uh, right. I'm a Seattle based, uh, dog owner and passionate about puppies. You think to yourself, Oh man, look, they've got a million followers. That must be the right person for me to reach the Seattle dog grooming market. Yeah. But in fact, that is the total wrong way to think about it. Right. Ideally as a marketer, what you ideally want to do is you want to look at uh, a sample set of 500 or a thousand people in Seattle who are dog owners who are passionate about keeping their animals very clean and tidy. And you want to find what do they follow and pay attention to rather than going, Hey, who's the person with the most followers who says Seattle plus dog. (laughs) And this, this is like, yeah, this is at the core of what I think the problem is around searching for influence is that if you search that way, you're going to get, well, frankly, I mean, at least on Instagram, you're going to get a lot of half-naked people who charge you $500 to pose with your product <laughs> and reach an audience that are mostly interested in the half-nakedness and not the product. I think this, this happens you know, in different ways across the marketing spectrum and across the source spectrum. But if you could, which is what SparkToro wants to enable you to do, right? If you could find those 500 people who are interested in exactly the topic uh, that you are trying to promote, if you could find those people and see what they pay attention to and look at, okay, what percent of my audience on the web follows these accounts, listens to these podcasts, you know, subscribes to these YouTube channels. Now you can do really smart things with your marketing budget, right? Just, just way better investment of uh, time and energy, organic or paid. And, and that's, that's what SparkToro is, right? So Casey's built this thing. He can describe it to you better than I can, right? But this thing that basically crawls tens of millions of profiles, web and social profiles, aggregates them together, 
and then searches across them to extract out, you know, oh, well, we have whatever, 497 uh, people who are in Seattle who say they're a dog owner and they collectively listen, you know, pay attention to, I don't know, this Seahawks uh, sports radio podcast, mm-hmm. right? 17% of them pay attention to the Seahawks sports radio podcast. And you go, huh, maybe I should do an ad on that. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should be a guest on that. Maybe I should offer to do the host's dog for free and see if I can get a promotion, right? That, <laughs> that kind of stuff. And, and I think, you know, obviously I, I use the tool quite a bit and have helped, you know, the 300 or so marketers who have been beta testing it these last few weeks with it. And the results can be extraordinary. So, Casey, I hear you're really very passionate about speed when you're writing code and designing. How is what you're building at the moment going to help marketers save time and, and kind of speed them towards their goals? I, I can see you scroll through my my extensive Twitter history. <laughs> you, must have, you must have scrolled way, way back there. But yeah, I mean, I think one of the, the in my early days at Moz, you know, I was hired kind of as a this was way back in the day, but you know, my title at that point, I think was like marketing ninja. And basically the idea was that <laughs> you, you actually um, had that on a card. That I, I, I did. I'm not <laughs> proud of it, but it was there. That's really cool. You should be. That's yeah. like, yeah, that's, yeah. that's well, one for the wall. Definitely. Yeah, I think I still have some laying around here somewhere, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was one of those things where I, I got brought in because I knew a little bit of coding, but really I was hired to do marketing and it was pretty clear from, from, you know, after probably about six months there that the marketing team in my eyes was stagnant because uh, we depended on the engineering team for everything. You know, mm-hmm. if we needed to update the landing page, you know, this was in 2010, right? So this is nine years ago when yeah. there were a lot of tools out there to, to do those things. And we always got put in kind of the back of the queue. And it was, it was frustrating because it was like, we needed help grow and, you know, build our marketing efforts, but we couldn't do that because we were dependent on another team. And so it kind of led to this, you know, sitting down with the engineering team and being like, do you guys trust me to have to hand over the keys to our marketing website and let me with some supervision push code so that we can be faster at the things we need to do if we need to update a landing page or update copy. And again, 10 years ago, so things have drastically changed. But uh, part of SparkToro comes from that same thinking in the sense that uh, when I worked at HubSpot, there were a lot of times when our marketing team was looking for people to promote articles or blog posts or different things that they were working on. And I could remember sitting next to a woman on the marketing team and she would spend weeks, you know, going through social media, looking for people that she thought might be able to promote the specific article that they had written. Mm -hmm. And she put together this big spreadsheet and then she was looking for websites. And And in my head, I was like, there's got to be a more efficient way to do this. And, and part of it was like, could you go to the engineering team and say, hey, can you build something that does this? And they would probably say no. But in my mind, I was like, oh, man, like, we could easily go to Twitter's AI. We could put in a list of you know, 10,000 marketers that we know. We could look through their feed, see who and what they talk about. And we could automate some of this so that you can be more efficient in what you're doing and actually spend your time crafting the right pitch mm. to this person that's customized instead of spending three weeks finding, you know, <laughs> 250 people and then just copy and pasting the same generic pitch to them. I would rather say spend three days putting together a list of 10,000 people or better yet, a hundred really specialized people 
and then customizing that pitch uniquely to them based on the information that SparkToro can give you and spend the next two weeks customizing those pitches, I think you're going to have a much higher success rate than just copy and pasting those generic pitches that we all get and hate. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they don't help at all. And I think I think you're right. I think it, it does make me wonder, you know, how much has the history of our race been held back? Because people do things with spreadsheets that they were never <laughs> intended to do. But it's kind of, it's quick. Anybody can do it. it. can hack something together in a spreadsheet, right? Well, yeah. And I, and I, again, I think too many, there's too many marketers out there that just want a tool that will do everything for them. But I think the reality is, and I, and I, this is my thinking, SparkToro is there's a process of, you know, finding what influences your audience and reaching out to those, those websites, those people and doing advertising. We don't want to solve that problem from start to finish, right? Like I understand, and I think everybody should understand that there's just things that humans do better. And some of that is crafting a message and a pitch Mm -hmm. to a person. And I know that when somebody emails me and there's that personal touch in it, I'm much more likely to respond to that person than getting that generic one that you know went to everybody. I like those people that do their homework. And what I don't want and what I hope this tool ultimately kind of helps people solve is giving that marketer the ability to go back to being personalized. You know, I'm going to think 10 years ago when there wasn't all this data and there wasn't all this tools and people had to sit down and, and do some of that work. It should still happen. I think, I, I think unfortunately, sometimes marketers just get lazy and they just are, you know, Hey, I spent out 10,000 emails today. I hope one of them returns to me. Yeah. You know, that, that's not, that's not, you know, that's, I don't know. I think that's lazy. It's that spray and pray approach again, isn't it? It's like, oh, well, yeah, and I've been really busy, been really busy. So I'm going to reap some rewards. I know, not necessarily. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's tough to, to have, you know, I would imagine as a, you know, as managing marketers I have before, you know, they love sending numbers of, you know, we spent 10,000 <laughs> 10, emails and our conversion rate was 2%. And it was like, Okay, but what happens if you could have found a hundred people and your conversion rate was seventy percent? You know that yeah. I would be, I would feel much better about that because we did our homework. So, how do you go about building a tool that helps tell us what we don't know yet? This is kind of a tough thing, right? Yeah, it yeah. was. It, it was an interesting process, right? So we've been. I mean, Casey, you kind of, when we started working together, you had an inkling of a product kind of behind the scenes that did like a teeny tiny slice of this. And we were kind of running some searches against it to see whether to enough uh, profiles, would you be able to extract information that was truly useful and interesting? What kinds of information could you get? I think that I found that process actually really fascinating, but it was also a high risk, right? So we pitched, I, I didn't mention how we, we did our funding, right? But we didn't do venture. We raised uh, 1.3 million from, I think it was 36 angels, angel investors, basically people who had uh, relatively high net worth, a million dollars in assets or more in the US is the requirement to be able to invest in private companies. And part of our pitch was, hey, we need, we're raising a lot of money because we need to explore whether this theory will even work. Right? We have to build the database on the back end and then start running searches against it. Yeah. And until we do that, we, don't, we won't know whether we can extract the kinds of data that people want. And so here we are 18 months later, and we, we've, got some, we've got enough very excited beta testers at this point that I feel 
pretty confident saying like the theory worked. <laughs> um, it's true. <laughs> My so, God. Uh, but you know, I think there were probably, what do you think, Casey, maybe like six to nine months where it was a, is this going to be good enough? Can this be good enough? And I think we both had days of nervousness and then days of excitement and you know, <laughs> up and down. Yeah, I think, I mean, from what I've, I've, I've followed you for years, Randall, from what I can see, you push things hard. Uh, there's a particular Whiteboard Friday you did, which was why good, unique content needs to, to die. And in there, you <laughs> were kind of arguing for people with SEO content, like, don't just do, you know, more okay content it needs to be like 10 times better than then than the best stuff that's actually out there to to really nail it and start rising up through the rankings would you say what you've i, I, know, I know it's early days and you've just got through the beta but you, would you say it's you've achieved that is it 10 times better than anything else out there it is a hundred times faster than anything else out there right now wow. so i i think what is what is really true today is that if you want to discover the sources of influence for any given audience, you have kind of three options. There's some extremely expensive software that we've seen that does some stuff a little bit like SparkToro. It's not super well known. I think one of the companies used to be called QU and they changed their name because they were getting some of their data from like Facebook, Cambridge Analytica type thing. And it was sort of scandalous, right? It was like one of these quiz trojan horse things right okay, and okay. casey and i have kind of avoided that by just crawling only public stuff right, right. only only what's on the public web the, the other way is you run a large-scale expensive survey of your audience mm -hmm. right so you you know try and survey a thousand people who you're pretty sure are right customers for you and you ask them hey what do you pay attention to who do you follow what do you listen to what do you read what do you watch yeah the problem there is you get a bunch of bias, right? Because none of us are very good at being accurate about what we listen to. It's not that we want to be untruthful. It's just that, you know, if you ask me, well, which podcast do you listen to? I'm likely to name the ones I've most recently recalled as opposed yeah. to the ones I actually listen to. Um, and I probably won't be comprehensive about that. <laughs> uh, and then the, the third way to do it is to, as Casey said, you know, go to your engineering team and say, hey, I want you to crawl these 10,000, you know, files for packed out all this data and your engineering team, if they don't tell you to go butter off, right, they're going to tell you, okay, six months from now, I'll have something for you. And, <laughs> you know, that's also very frustrating and challenging. So those are your options right now. And even though some of those methods might get you a lot of the types of data that SparkToro can provide, you know, you can go to the tool. Well, if you're a beta tester right now, right? You can go to the tool, type in the name of your audience, right? My audience describes themselves as uh, blah, 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 or my audience frequently talks about X, Y, Z, and boom, you're there, right? There's, there's the list. It's there within five seconds. Is there anything in your opinion that marketers should focus more on to, to kind of get closer to the, to the truth of things? Obviously, you've got the Spark score, but you know, we, not all of us have necessarily got access to that yet, so... Right. So we, I think in SparkScore, one of the things we essentially, you know, looked at the, at a bunch of metrics that predicted high impressions and high click-through rates. So when you go into your own Twitter analytics, right, Twitter will show you how many people saw each tweet that you sent, mm -hmm. how many people clicked on it, engaged with the media in there, 
and you know clicked on a link if you included that and that was essentially what we were trying to get to we were trying to show people hey it I think a, a good example. So I, I mentioned my wife, Geraldine. She's got a relatively popular Twitter account at Everywhereist. And at Everywhereist has I don't know, somewhere between 80 and 100,000 followers at this point, which is uh, less than a quarter of how many I have on, on my Twitter account at Randfish, which has 420 some thousand followers, mm-hmm. which sounds super impressive, right? You would think if you were looking at those two surface level metrics, you would say if Rand sends a tweet, chances are good that it'll get four times as much activity as if Geraldine sends it. That's what most people would assume. It is completely the opposite. Uh, for each tweet, for each tweet that Geraldine sends, it tends to have somewhere between two and ten times as much activity, meaning number of people who saw it in their feed, number of people who clicked on it, number of people who engaged with it, replied yeah. to it, uh, quote tweeted it, whatever, what have you, right? So engagement, the engagement that, that Geraldine's account draws per tweet is double to quadruple mine. What SparkScore was trying to do is say, how can we show that to people? Yeah. How, can we, how can we explain not how many followers do you have, but how many uh, people are you likely influencing and engaging with each tweet that this account sends? And so you can see, I think Geraldine's uh, SparkScore is slightly higher than mine, despite the fact that I have, you know, whatever, four times as many followers. And that, I think that that's doing a much, much better job than any other single number. Absolutely. Man, you said that so much better than I did. (laughs) (laughs) This is my only job, Casey, right? I don't have to code or, you know, design things. I am just, my, my only job is to say sentences that hopefully when summed <laughs> together make some sense. And you have an amazing wife, which always helps as well. I mean, oh my gosh, <laughs> Geraldine's incredible. Yeah, yeah. She just gave one of the talks at, at Inbound, the big HubSpot conference out in Boston. And, you know, when I give a talk, I, I always try and get, you know, good speaking score and, and deliver a lot of value to the audience. But Geraldine had like a line of people crying, <laughs> just, you know, weeping, um, from the emotion that she had created in them waiting to talk to her afterwards. It was kind of humbling, <laughs> very humbling to see. Yeah. We, we, uh, get, we should get her on the show. Did. Yeah, I should be talking to oh her. Oh, my God. It sounds, yeah, sounds yeah, amazing. Probably, probably. <laughs> so is there any way, obviously you're in beta, when, when, when's this tool going to, to come out? When can we get our, our pause in? Is there anything the listeners can do if they want to help, they want to get involved? Ooh, I have one thing to say before yeah. you, uh, yeah. you you went there. You yeah. did say, I think you said earlier that when we were talking about Spark Score, that your listeners didn't have access to it. They actually do. Oh, so do if they? they? To, if they go okay. to our uh, free tool section, uh-huh. uh, there's there's three tools in there. So they can do fake followers, so they uh-huh. can understand uh, what people's fake following looks like. Uh, there's a Spark Score tool, so you can run anybody's Twitter account and and get the Spark Score from that. And then there's the trending section, which aggregates a bunch of marketers' content feeds uh, into one pretty thing, kind of like Hacker News. So those are the three free tools we have right now. And I'll let Rand answer when this thing's going to come out. (laughs) I think, you know, Casey and I have been keeping our fingers crossed that it's somewhere between six and eight weeks from now. So pretty darn soon, to be honest. But yeah, it's, it's, it's moving right along. If we want to know more about SparkTour and the work that you guys are, are doing, where, where should we go? What should we do? Yeah, you should hover, head over to sparktoro.com. 
if you'd like, we're, we're, we're probably going to be opening up potentially a few more beta spots before we launch publicly. So you can find a, a place to put in your email if you want to get on the beta list on the product page, on the what we're building page. And then stay tuned. We should be, we should be coming out very soon. Fantastic. And guys, you've got to go along and have a look at the sparktoro.com resources. There's a whole wealth of, of videos and presentations and resources in there. So I, I'll can leave a, a link to that in the show notes. But definitely, if you haven't already, check it out. And guys, thanks so much for, for giving us the time and taking the time to hook up and chat. Really interesting to, to kind of hear what you're up to. And we wish you the very best of luck with it all. Thanks very much for listening to the Digital Marketing Podcast. If you want to continue your learning in digital marketing, get over to targetinternet.com and sign up for the free trial of our digital marketing e-learning platform. There's over 140 bite-sized courses for you to try and lots of other learning resources as well. So get on there and sign up for the free trial.